Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time to take a look at what investors will be paying attention to today. Simply put, Ryan, what goes down must come up. But then in this day and age, you start to ask, can it stay up for very long? It is the question of the day. <laughs> so overnight, after a rather brutal week on Wall Street, we saw Wall Street bouncing back. So it is a risk on mood again and looking at futures, by and large, is pointing to Asian markets continuing the momentum and yesterday we already saw some signs of a bounce back. Um, we saw the South Korean markets rebounding from a 19-month low, Japanese markets rebounding from a 3-month low and looking at futures for Japan indicating a rise of 1%. Australian markets likely to open higher by 0.7%. And this is off the back of I guess a bit of bargain hunting, some dip buying, and markets thinking, hey, maybe it's time to get back in again. But then the question comes back, like you pointed out, no, is this the time to get in? There's no real catalyst here. There's yeah. no real reason to, to dive back in or, or no reason that it should be driving upwards. That's a very good point. So there is that factor and also something to consider. You, know, you shouldn't get too excited as well because... We are in a bear market and right now since January, in this bear market, we've seen the S&P 500 pop more than 2% on 10 other occasions. Overnight, it was up over 2.5%. And right now, the question is whether this is just going to be a short-lived rally uh, like what we've seen in 10 other occasions where the S&P 500 was up more than 2% before it traded lower. Mm -hmm. So that is something to keep in mind. It is something that is more of a difficult year for traders to buy on the dips as things don't really go up as they used to as we see monetary policy settings being tightened by central banks yeah. so that yeah. story or narrative is starting to change yeah we talk about you know the kind of catalyst and usually there's something that's push or, or, or pull right mm. and the reason I brought that up is we've been talking all morning about how Tesla has announced job cuts clarifications with regard to that matter but an overlapping issue the CEO Elon Musk is saying in a memo that he has quote a super bad feeling about the economy now somehow or rather that's going to play out this whole talk about a recession yeah this is really something to keep watch on so if Elon Musk he alongside many other people were speaking at a Qatar economic forum so yeah. he's yeah. been raising his views again or reiterating it that the US economy is going to fall into recession sooner mm -hmm. or later nobody knows when exactly but they pretty much say you know it's on track to hit towards a hard landing. So that's something coming through from Elon Musk, also from Nura Rubini. He is something that people listen to very closely. And also you've got Goldman Sachs Group, many of these banks all warning about a growing likelihood that the US economy will fall into recession. So that is likely to play into the budgeting expectations, the spending sentiment of um, companies and earnings down the road. So something that could weigh on the economic outlook and drive down sentiment further. Yeah.
Yeah. Global supply chain, obviously part of all of these issues. And I wonder at what point do we get used to this? China's COVID-19 lockdown fears, it looks like it's shifted to the south coast. And, you know, like I mentioned, at some point, you just kind of get used to the fact that they're going to go in and out of lockdown because of their COVID-0 policy. Yeah, so there was some good news at first, you no? Know? Shanghai and Beijing looking like yeah. it might turn around, but it looks like things have shifted towards the south coast where Shenzhen is, the tech hub, and also towards Macau. So cases of COVID-19 picking up there. So you might remember how things played out a lockdown when cases really yeah. you know, shot up. So there are some jitters that we could see potentially a lockdown if things worsen, especially for Shenzhen, which is serving many tech companies like Apple, many factories there just producing devices. Uh, iPhone maker Honhai Precision Industry Company is one. Uh, Huawei Technologies is also a company with operations there. So you can imagine the tough implications for jobs, the economy. So something to watch out for in China. So lockdown jitters returning. You've brought up a very interesting piece here about this uh, Chinese developer looking at, let's call it alternative payment. <laughs> alternative payment is a very nice way to put it. So I'm not thinking about cryptocurrency, but we are talking about wheat and garlic as payment for your property. So the backdrop of this is how oh. Chinese um, property, the, the industry has yep, going, yep. Bit, going through a bit of a slump. You know, we've seen yep. how China Evergrande has been through the challenges it has with all the debt and many other Chinese property developers as well. And people just not buying property to the same tune they were doing so in the past few years. So there is a bit of a slump going on. And one developer is trying to entice people targeting farmers to buy homes by accepting their crops as payment. Right. You want this condo? Give me two trucks of garlic. That is pretty much how it's going. (laughs) So they are paying farmers up to $33,000 for their wheat to offset some of their down payments. So just accepting garlic and wheat and all the crops they are producing to just get them, I guess, a foot into the door when it comes to buying these uh, It's like going old school, right? Trading. Trading or yeah. bartering. Or, really, no. really going old school there. So it's quite, I guess, creative and uh, it yeah, really opens yeah. the door for other alternative payments yeah, uh, when it I comes to so. these things. Uh, I want to put you on the spot just very quickly mm-hmm. as a closing point. We do talk about the $1.5 billion support package that was announced yesterday in our Number of the Day segment. But, you know, just taking a look at very broadly at the various measures or the various aids that's being put out, which one in particular, Ryan, stands out for you? And, and in your opinion, which one do you think will be the most important moving forward? Yeah, so it's all about countering the rising inflation and rising costs of living. So I am you know, seeing a couple of things stand out here. Sure. One is the measures to help businesses address the rising costs of energy. Ah. So we have a package or measure here, the Energy Efficiency Grant, uh, that will help local SMEs in the food services food manufacturing and retail sectors, uh, they'll get up to 70% in support to adopt energy-efficient equipment in pre-approved categories. Some loan quantums for trade loans as well as the SME working capital loan will be increased as well. For workers, the progressive wage credit scheme will also see an increase in co-founding for eligible wage okay. increases. So that goes some way towards some of the areas that are more stressed. Yeah. The extension of the jobs growth incentive for another six months will also, I think, help a lot of employers of these uh, vulnerable workers as well. So a lot of help 
across the board, especially for the targeted or more needy areas. We dive into more details of that aid package coming up in our segment number of the day. That's coming up a little bit later on. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.